The Hoosiers and Terps are set to meet on Saturday. Even if the vibes are low for Indiana, this has been a series that has produced some fun games in recent years. Let's dive into a crossover episode with Locked on Terps. Find out everything we need to know heading into this matchup. You are Locked on Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to a crossover episode, as we tend to do at the Locked On Network. I'm Locked On Hoosiers host, Jacob Rude. Joining me, Locked On Terps host, Trey Moore. Part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Appreciate you guys making us your first listen, wherever it may be from on this Thursday or later on in the week, Friday as well. We also appreciate our sponsor of today's episode, FanDuel. Uh, the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more right now. Uh, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. No perfect time, no better time to use that than on this uh, upcoming game between the Hoosiers and the Terps. A game that, as I was looking and I, I kind of remembered, it always produces an exciting game. Uh, maybe not the best game, but over the last seven meetings, actually six of them have been decided by six points or less. So if nothing else, uh, I think it'll be an interesting game. We'll see. Uh, at least it has the history to be, but before we dive into any of that, I mean, Trey, you guys, the Terps are, they're in a lot better way than the Hoosiers are right now. What's kind of the vibes for, uh, for them coming out of non-conference play and diving deep into Big Ten play now. Yeah, I mean, we're excited right now. We're 4-0. and um, We have a chance to go to 5-0 and for the first time since 2001. So what wow. Coach Loxley has done to the program has completely transformed. But the vibes are up right now in College Park at Maryland right now. We got a lot going for us. We just beat a solid Michigan State team, not a very good Michigan State team, a down Michigan State team, but it was still a Big Ten win in our first Big Ten game. We're undefeated in out-of-conference play. We crushed the Virginia team, but there's still a lot of things that we have to fix up, whether it's slow starts or starting or ending the game slowly. There's different things we still have to figure out the Maryland Terrapins do, but the vibes are up right now just being undefeated and being able to have a chance to get to 5-0. and but what's what's the vibes like at Indiana right now? I was going to say they are not up. I would describe them as they are they are a little bit different. Uh, the Hoosiers are coming off their final non-conference game. They open the season against Ohio State, which I don't know how you feel. I really hate opening the season with a Big Ten game, especially because we've uh, multiple times gotten Ohio State in that in that deal. But uh, Indiana finished their non-conference play against Akron, who depending on what metrics you use, was one of the worst teams in college football coming into the game. IU needed four overtimes to beat them, and it is not a uh, – vibes are not great right now, to say the least, when it comes to the Hoosiers. It, it felt like there was some momentum building a little bit. Uh, they had a really bad first half against Louisville a couple of weeks ago, but then came back and looked incredible in the second half, and – we were hoping to build off that through this Akron game. It was supposed to be kind of a final tune-up heading into Big Ten play, and it 
was anything but. And after the game, the coaches talked about them overlooking Akron. Uh, IU football is not in a position where you can overlook anybody. So it was just a frustrating result. They needed four overtimes to win that game. Um, any momentum it felt like we had was gone. And so certainly coming in at a different uh, level than, than you guys and predictably so. I mean, I, I don't think many thought IU was going to be uh, at Maryland's level, but it sure would have been nice to come in with some higher vibes because, as I said, this is a game that has been exciting in previous years, if nothing else. Uh, it's produced some pretty high score lines as well uh, in, between these two teams. As we kind of head into – you guys started conference play last week, as you said, and Indiana's now conference play throughout um, – I, I know our goals are kind of different. What is the kind of the focus, the goals for this Maryland team heading into Big Ten play? Yeah, I mean, I think this year we have a chance to get to nine wins. And if you look at it, every single year um, Coach Loxley has been the coach, we've added at least one win. So two years ago we had seven wins. Last year we had eight wins. So we have a chance, I think, to get to nine wins. But we have to win the games like this against Indiana. We have to win the games that we're supposed to win. I don't expect us to beat a Penn State and Michigan or Ohio State. We're not there as a program. Obviously, those are the elite. But if we want to get to nine, maybe even ten wins, we basically have to go undefeated outside of those three teams in the big three. But that's kind of our goals. And then going into a pretty big bowl game, I would expect, from the Maryland Terrapins. I mean, it's the last year with Talia, so I don't know what's going to happen next year. There's a lot of question marks. A lot of people are going to be gone we had like eight guys on the senior bowl invite um before the season the preseason watch list for the senior bowl so overall i'm unsure of what's going to happen this year or next year especially with conference realignment and washington ucla and all those teams coming in i don't know if maryland can stay to that right now i'd say we're the fourth fifth best team in the big 10 i don't know if maryland can stay there or they i would say they can't stay there with those programs coming in next year so Right now, we have a chance to do something special, getting to 9, 10 wins that we might not be able to do in a while. So I think yeah. reaching that goal could be really great and just improving on another win um, in the Maryland Terrapins program overall. But what's the goal for the Indiana this year? What are you guys hoping to go at? Survive the Big Ten East for one last season. Uh, <laughs> it's funny that you mention fourth, fifth best team in the Big Ten, which I don't disagree with, but... You're also the fourth best team in the division. I, I am so glad that the the divisions are gone. I know you can uh, – Maryland fans can relate to that. Uh, IU – bowl games are never really expectations at IU. It's just not really where the program's – I won't say ever been, but in recent years particularly. Uh, it, it looked like we had turned a corner with Tom Allen in 2020. A lot has changed since then. And IU has completely fallen back to square one, really. And so we're back in a position where there's just no wiggle room. You're going to lose the the Michigan, the Ohio State, the Penn State games. And you just got to hope that you can find a, a couple wins in Big Ten play and maybe make a bowl game. But um, I, I, this isn't probably one of those games, though. Again, as we said or as I said, the uh, this game has been close, if nothing else, in previous years. So let's dive into uh, some previews a little bit more in-depth on these. Uh, we'll talk about 
the Hoosiers here and let Trey ask me some questions about IU here in a minute. Before we do that, let's talk about today's sponsor. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, not just for the NFL season, but for the college football season. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, the Hoosiers are 14 and a half point underdogs, which again, maybe this is my reacting to uh, how badly things went against Akron. I was a little surprised it was not a bigger spread. Uh, so uh, that will tell you how I feel about uh, Indiana heading into this one. But if you guys have been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is uh, so easy to use. It, you can bet on everything from spreads, player props, over-unders, everything in between. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. I got I got some questions for you about Indiana football. We got to start with the quarterback position, most important position on the field, and your quarterback, Jackson. What should the Terps fans expect from him? I know it's been kind of up and down, but what does he do well? What does he not do well? Let us know about your quarterback. Taven is a uh, he's a redshirt freshman, so you kind of have those learning curve moments that are going to come uh, throughout playing a young quarterback like that um again kind of similar to indiana as a as a whole he had a really strong second half against louisville two weeks ago and looked incredible he he had to win the quarterback battle coming out of fall camp and into the season and he did so pretty clearly uh but it the it's really hard to figure out how much of that Akron game was just kind of this one game anomaly. It's a small sample size, but he looked like a, a redshirt freshman basically in that game. I, I think he went 11 for 26 in that one. Um, there were a lot of drop passes, but there were moments where he struggled as well, staring down a receiver, throwing an interception. So you're going to get basically what you would expect with a young quarterback. You're going to have some high moments you're going to have some low moments, and the hope is there's enough middle ground in between from them that, uh, at least for Indiana, it'll give them a chance to compete in this one. He hasn't really held Indiana back or anything like that uh, throughout his first handful of games. He was the reason, in a lot of ways, Indiana came back in that Louisville game. He was incredible in the second half of that game. So uh, he's he's helped Indiana along more than anything else, but he is coming off a a down game individually against Akron. It's going to be interesting to see kind of how he responds uh, to playing as poorly as he did. He, he admitted as much and see as a young quarterback, how he responds to that heading on the road in the big 10 for the first time. No. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Jalen Lucas second yeah. on your team in receiving and first in rushing. What kind of player is Lucas for the Terps fans who don't know? Yeah. I mean, to that point, a dynamic player. I use best offensive player, someone that they um, need to get the ball to a lot. And they haven't always uh, as much, The but he is IU's most dynamic, explosive player. He was an All-American last season uh, as a kick returner and came into this season with high expectations. Again, it, it, 
with the small sample size, I mean, one of the IU's only other game was against Indiana State, which is an FCS school, and he had two touchdowns in that, but it's an FCS school. So we've kind of leaned a lot on that Louisville game and the, and the game last week. They played Ohio State at the beginning of the season. Playing Ohio State at any point is not going to go well for Indiana. And in the first game of the season where you're trying to figure out a quarterback, We've kind of had to like throw that game out because it, it, everything about it was just really odd. But in the the last two games, Jalen Lucas had uh, a hundred yard receiving game against Louisville and was dynamic there. But then did not have a target in the passing game against Akron, which speaks to some of IU's issues in terms of play calling and uh, things like that. So he's a dynamic player, explosive player. They'll line him up in the backfield. They'll line him up in two running back sets in the backfield. They'll put him out wide. They'll put him in the slot. Uh, they'll move him all around the field and try to get him the ball in space. And absolutely, if there's anybody that Maryland is going to have kind of at the top of their scouting report on that side of the ball, it's going to be Jalen Lucas because uh, he's certainly the player most capable of turning any play into a big touchdown and uh, someone that so far for Indiana has been their most explosive player. Yeah, no, I definitely think he's number one on our scouting report of a guy that can kind of break our defense in ways that a lot of other players might not be able to do. He's a special player, so we definitely got to look out for him. But what about the rest of the running back room? I know that um, Christian Turner and Lucas and Henderson all get carries. What should Maryland expect to see from the rest of the running back room and overall? Yeah, Josh Henderson is kind of number two on the depth chart in terms of the running back room. He didn't play last week, so his totals aren't quite as high, but um, he's kind of the complement to Jalen Lucas. Zoom and Boom was the name that the, uh, I saw that kind of a fun little nickname to him. Jalen is kind of the fast, explosive one, and Henderson's the one that'll run you over a little bit. Uh, he, As I said, he didn't play against Akron, but Christian Turner did. That might be a familiar name. To some longtime Big Ten fans, he spent a number of seasons at Michigan, went to Wake Forest for a couple seasons, and then now is wrapping up his career in Indiana. He played well against uh, Louisville, or excuse me, against Akron, uh, kind of a, in that surprise start. So if Henderson is back, he will be kind of the number one 1A or 1B to Jalen Lucas. As I said, there's a lot of two running back sets where it'll be Jalen Lucas and Josh Henderson in the backfield. IU kind of tries to run an option. I use offensive play calling right now is a bit everywhere, but they will run some zone options, some read options. They'll even try some speed options, which hasn't went well at all. But there's going to be running backs going every which way. And so far it hasn't been forward a whole lot. I use offensive or offensive, excuse me, I use rushing game hasn't been great, but they're going to come at you from every different way. And they're, all three running backs are going to play in this one, a, a healthy amount. Okay, that makes sense. Good to know for the running back room. But I want to backtrack a little bit back to the Akron game. What really went wrong? Why was it such a close game? I want to know kind of the details about that. Yeah, the the coaching staff admitted, uh, Tom Allen specifically after the game, that uh, about Thursday heading into that game, they had to stop practice and restart it because they said the players weren't really taking Akron seriously, which is – Concerning in a number of ways, but I mean, he said that he just kind of had the feeling that this wasn't going to go well because they were overlooking Akron. 
um, I guess, at the start of Big Ten play. And the result was an offense that struggled throughout the night. The IU's biggest struggle right now offensively is on goal line situations. Uh, there were two different trips inside the five-yard line that resulted in, I believe, zero points for Indiana against Akron. And that was an issue throughout the season so far. And so the offense really struggled. And then the defense gave up some big chunk plays that it was really boomer bust for them. They had three turnovers um, and a pick six as one of them. But then they allowed Akron to rush for over 200 yards. Akron's quarterback had over 100 yards rushing and looked like prime Michael Vick out there at times. So uh, Indiana struggled on both sides of the field, just really inconsistent. Uh, I Maybe you can write it off to them overlooking it. They're certainly not going to be overlooking Maryland, I don't think, but I was surprised they overlooked Akron. So it was a lot of issues Indiana's head had paired with overlooking a, a non-conference team. So it was a really concerning game for a number of reasons. Yeah, no, that makes sense because the Maryland Terrapins, they have given up some chunk plays on defense as well. That's been a big problem with us as well. So that can really go a long way. That's what kept Virginia out to a 14-0 lead against us. And that's what happened against Charlotte when Charlotte went out to a 14-0 lead against us. It was two big plays that we gave up on defensive side of the ball. But let's move over to the defensive side of the ball for Indiana. What's the strength of the defense right now? The secondary, uh, surprisingly, because Indiana came into the season with just two starters back from last year. They had wholesale changes, and uh, they did it through the transfer portal. And so there were a lot of questions about this team, especially the the secondary. There was really no idea what it was going to look like coming into the season. And they have been a rock for this team so far. As I said, they've had a, a number of turnovers. They've had six interceptions so far this year. Uh, half of those came against Akron uh, last week, but uh, the secondary has just been really surprisingly good and, and steady. Um, there's been individuals through kind of all over the defense that have stood out. Aaron Casey, linebacker, is going to be everywhere on Saturday, and he's led the team in tackles, I believe, in every game so far this year. So he's going to be uh, all over the place. Andre Carter is going to be the other big name to watch, a defensive lineman who transferred in from uh, Western Michigan. And he just has the look uh, of a big defensive lineman, 6'5", 245 pounds. He's, he's kind of created havoc on that defensive line for the Hoosiers, has a couple of sacks, five tackles for loss. Um, he's a handful for offensive line, so... Uh, there's a couple guys at each level, but uh, kind of overall, it's been the secondary that I think ha has looked best and um, has been the strong suit for the Hoosiers. So they're going to get a certainly going to get a test this week against uh, Talia. Yeah. Last question. Can you give me an X factor that maybe Maryland fans aren't looking out for? Even Indiana fans might not be looking out for that could be the potential difference in the game for Indiana. Yeah, I would say it's the play calling offensively. Uh, when Indiana really opened things up against that Louisville or in that Louisville game, they trailed 21 nothing at halftime, came out in the second half and opened up the playbook, let Taven throw the ball a lot more, and it led to a big comeback. 
that is that's when Indiana has looked its best this season. Unfortunately, they seem really focused on trying to run the ball, which they haven't done well uh, really so far this season. So um, that was one of the issues in the Akron game is they just didn't really try to do a whole lot of downfield passing and the receivers were struggling anyway and dropping passes. But offensive play calling, I think, is going to be a big X factor for Indiana. If they kind of let Taven throw the ball a little bit, um, I think it could be a – interesting game but if they come in with the approach that they had against ohio state and uh through a lot of that akron game of like wanting to establish the run it's going to be a long day because they haven't been able to establish the run for most of the games this season so uh that'll be a big thing i'll be watching in this one no yeah no that makes total sense what you got for me though we'll dive into uh some questions here in a second too to talk about the Terrapins and see if there's an upset uh, potential for the Hoosiers in this one. So Maryland obviously has been off to a, a really strong start 4-0, as you said, looking to go to 5-0 and for the first time in a, a really long time. Tulio obviously at the head of that. Uh, I've been a big fan of his, and it seems like he has – really impressed so far at the beginning of this season. How's he looked for Maryland through those first four games? He looks really good so far. He looks really good right now. He's first in the Big Ten in passing yards and touchdown passes. He's got eight touchdown passes. He's got 1,100 yards. So he's looked very good. He only has three interceptions, but the interceptions at the time have been a problem for Talia, something that he absolutely needs to clean up, especially against in this game and any of the Big Ten games that we play for the rest of the year, that can't happen. But we've been doing a really good job at winning the turnover margin. But overall, Talia's look good. He's created some big chunk plays down the field to our wide receivers. He's experienced, and he's going to go down as maybe a lot of people are saying the best Maryland quarterback of all time. He has every single Maryland record in the passing books. So overall, he's looked really good this season. I think he's even gotten a touch better from the last couple of years, which is kind of a scary thing for the rest of the Big Ten. But Salia's looked really good so far overall. Yeah, he has been uh, really impressive just from watching afar. He looked good last year against the Hoosiers. Uh, 270 yards, a couple touchdowns in that one. I mean, just looking at the stats, it seems like you guys have all sorts of weapons, whether in the passing game, whether running the ball as well. Just kind of talk to me about who the the biggest weapons that Talia is finding and helping him find success on that side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, starting with the running back room, our running game has actually been a concern the last couple of games. Our leading Rusher, our leading back, Roman Hemby, had 10 carries for only 12 yards last week against Michigan State and didn't do very well against Virginia either. So that's been kind of a concern so far. But it's kind of interesting right now in the running back room because Roman Hemby, a lot of people don't know this, Mel Kuyper's first board actually had Roman Hemby as the second running back on that board only behind Blake Corum at Michigan. So he's kind of our leader. He's kind of the one that gets things going, but he hasn't played well so far. And Coley McDonald, actually, who's our third string back, really, um, he's a junior. He's kind of the experienced leader of the group, but he's actually played the best. He's top 10 in the country in yards per carry at above seven. He's doing some really good things, and he deserves more carries, a lot of Maryland Terrapins fans say, because if you're averaging like 7.8 yards per carry, you got to get more carries. But 
Roman Hemby is an NFL player. He's going to be really good. And then Anton Littleton's the big back, bruiser, short yardage type of guy. But in the receiver room, the rece- receiver room is as deep as anyone yeah. in the Big Ten. I mean, besides like in Ohio State, but it's a really, it's a really deep room in the receiver room. And it starts with Jay Sean Jones, slot wide receiver, who actually didn't record a stat versus Michigan State, didn't have a catch, which was kind of crazy. But he actually led our team in receiving yards last year. And a lot of people don't know that. And we had a lot of big names that are off in the NFL on NFL teams like we're team Jarrett's on the Buccaneers now, Dante Demas, Copeland are all in the NFL. And um, Jason Jones actually led our team in receiving. So he's back. He's made a huge impact against Virginia, had like 95 yards. And then you look at the two transfers that just came in. Um, Caden Prather came in from West Virginia. He's six four, big threat. Um, he's a really good player overall. He is right now kind of looking like our number one wide receiver. You could go between him. We have so many guys that it kind of just depends on the day. Um, it could be Ty Felton, who's a junior wide receiver that the Maryland Terrapin staff has developed really well, or Tyrese Chambers, who's a transfer um, that has been nicked up a little bit, but he's a really good player overall. And then Octavian Smith is a speedster, a deep threat. And then you go to the tight end room. Corey Deitches might be our best wide receiver as well. He's a tight end wide receiver hybrid kind of guy where football is kind of going towards having a lot of those guys. But he's really fast for the tight end position. He's a matchup nightmare. It's really hard to match up against him. So there's a bunch of guys down the line that can make an impact. One day it's Caden Prather. Another day it's Octavian Smith. Another day it's Ty Felton. It just depends on the day or it can be a running back game. It, there's really a lot of weapons and it's a, it's a deep running back room and wide receiver room overall. Yeah, you can just look at the stats and see six different guys having at least 10 catches. Hemby is someone that uh, kind of beat up the Hoosiers last season, 130 yards and a touchdown in that game last year. So certainly a name I would imagine IU fans are familiar with. Uh, The other side of the ball maybe doesn't get quite as much attention with Maryland considering uh, Talia's kind of spot in the Big Ten, as you said, but Defensively, you mentioned that there have been some some slow starts and giving up some big plays. Where are the concerns at for you guys on that side of the ball? Yeah, I think the biggest concern for me is along the defensive line side of the ball. The defensive line, they haven't played bad at all, but we came into this year, I would that was our biggest concern, the defensive line and in the offensive line too. But on the defensive side of the ball, defensive line, it's almost all new starters across that defensive line, whether it's Quayshawn Fuller or Tommy King Basote, those are young guys, or Jordan Phillips, a redshirt freshman from Tennessee. Kellen Wyatt's only a true sophomore at the Jack position. It's it's a really young group up there, and I think stopping the run has been the biggest concern, but they've done a pretty good job of that throughout the season, but we haven't played a great rushing opponent yet. Um, Michigan State did some things against us in the run game, but it wasn't anything crazy. Overall, I think that's the biggest question mark on the defensive side of the ball. And then I think the big plays, it was the same player that gave up two big plays. One was on a flea flicker and another was he tried to jump an out route and then his guy was streaking down the field and Jaquan Shepard. And I'm almost glad that he got those out the way and against Charlotte and and against Virginia because now he's learned from it. He knows not to do it. And big 10 teams can't really take advantage of it anymore because the coaching staff obviously going to be on that. So overall, I think that's going to kind of be fixed. I'm not really worried about that as much. And there hasn't been very many big plays besides those couple of plays. 
it'll be interesting to watch because IU isn't hasn't been known for explosive plays over the last couple of seasons. And so we'll see which uh if, if Maryland can limit some of those explosive plays, if IU can find some of those breakdowns as well. I, I I'm excited for this game, even though uh I don't have high hopes for the Hoosiers. Somehow this game always seems to at least deliver a fun game, if nothing else. And I'm just kind of at a point where if you give us a fun game, even if the Hoosiers lose, I will I will settle for that. So appreciate you guys tuning in. I appreciate Trey joining us and helping us preview this game. It should be a fun one. Thank you guys for making either Locked on Terps or Locked on Hoosiers your first listen. Uh, we'll get you guys filled in with everything else on tomorrow's episode before we head into this matchup. So make sure you guys are subscribed wherever it may be at. And uh, as always, I hope everyone has a good day.